0: Welcome to the Farm Bits podcast.
1: FarmBits is proudly produced by Nebraska Digital Agriculture team and hosted by students at the University of Nebraska.
0: The Farm Bits podcast comes to you each week to discuss the trends, the realities, and the value of digital agriculture.
1: Through interviews with experts, producers, and innovators from across the agricultural industry, we hope that you step away from each episode with new practical knowledge of digital agriculture technology.
0: Hello FarmBeats followers and welcome to another episode of the FarmBeats podcast. I'm José Cesario
1: and I'm Emily Hansen and we're glad to have you with us as we begin diving into the topic of digital tools and animal production.
0: Today we are joined by Amos Peterson, founder and CEO at FirePro.
1: FairPro has developed technology to help with hog production. With that, let's jump into this episode with Amos.
2: Yeah, so I, uh, I'm i a farm kid. Uh, my grandparents on both sides, farmers. Um, my my parents <clears throat> got into farming when I was younger. We lived out west and then moved back uh, when I was younger to farm with my granddad. And uh, I got in, involved in, you know, it wasn't a commercial scale farm. I think, my, you know, my parents were always trying to make a commercial scale. But, uh, you know, we raised every animal under the sun. It was like, I think we had everything from sheep and pigs and donkeys and all of that. But really, uh, in a less than commercial setting, it was difficult, right? There's a lot of animal loss, especially with the the pigs. There's a lot of um, trying to resuscitate, you know, (laughs) animals and putting them on heaters and in bathtubs and trying to keep them warm in the winter. Really difficult work. So when I went to school, I wasn't really that interested in being a farmer, although I wanted to serve my, you know, uh, friends and family. So I I got uh, into electrical engineering and economics and started a company for providing wireless internet service to underserved areas in uh, actually my hometown and surrounding areas in uh, Mediapolis, Iowa, and then uh, got uh, involved in a entrepreneurial program through the university, the John Papa John entrepreneurial center and ran into some problems in the pork industry, commercial pork industry that were a lot like the problems that we had faced when, uh, we were just doing the smallholder farming and realized that they were, the, the industry uses the same methods that we were using. It's just, you it know, stalls and heat lamps and, um, you know, just struggling to keep the piglets warm and the sows cool and so I that i could apply what what i knew to solve those problems and set about doing that right so started up a company fair pro to help in the fairing room initially to solve the issue of uh the thermal divide between the sow and the piglets the sows need to be cool the piglets need to be about 30 degrees warmer than the sow or more and um, not sure you know what you know about the pork industry, but uh, that's been a struggle. They use lamps to keep the piglets away from the sow because the sow can roll over and crush the piglets if they try to get warm next to the sow. It's inefficient. Um, the lamps cause a lot of uh, radiative heating of the environment that heat up the sow and and make her uh, and stress her out, frankly. So we built the Haven, which is a is kind of the hundred percent solution to the problem, and uh, that was well received. We we did some testing, found that we we were able to reduce crushing death by over thirty percent, and pre wean mortality in piglets by over twenty percent. But there were some issues there. Uh, it's a big, expensive piece of equipment, so it it found a niche more with. Uh, show pigs which are high value animals and people treat them like children frankly i think they put makeup on the i mean you know you say you don't can't it's like putting lipstick on a pig but there are people that do that i've met them so uh yeah it's uh so then you know the commercial solution for the farmers is really just a improvement on the the products that they already use so it we We looked at some pain points with heating mats and came out with a graphene powered heating mat that is is virtually indestructible um and that's that the environmental the heating part of the equation went to that to mats and other implements that are more affordable for farmers and then we took the smart haven concept because the haven was also going to be analyzing the animal and we turned it into like a Fitbit for pigs, so that's what this is. This is the Sentry Tracker, and it's an active uh, active edge computer and data logger. And that's that's where we where we went with the roadmap in that direction. So that brings us to today, where uh, we are in soft launch with the tracker and the full Sentry system. And we have uh, our heating products on the market as well. They're kind of touch points for customers, and uh, we think the the best, most efficient mat in the in the market. But the future of the company is definitely precision livestock farming, and enabling the digital future of animal agriculture. So that's wow. That's not just my background. I think I, I came full circle with a. Full bio and pitch, but uh, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah. That's,
1: that's really hey. cool, um, and I like how you mentioned a bunch of different products there. So, can you tell us where FairPro is based out of, and where are your most of your customers based?
2: Yeah, we are in Iowa City is the headquarters, and we also have a, an office at the Research Park in Ames, so the Iowa State Research Park.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And our customers, well, and so our customers are. You know the pork industry is concentrated in the midwest like 85 percent of the pigs are in the midwest so uh iowa has a third of the pigs about it's a so they're next they're they're where we are we're where the pigs are and uh then there's the eastern corn belt ohio and uh in north carolina you know thanks to smithfield and the prestige guys and what have you so
0: yeah it seems like a a nice place to be right for a <laughs>
2: yeah, that's right. And the
0: right, and can you explain a little bit more of what kind of information does the Sentry system track?
2: Yeah, the Sentry system. So the the tracker itself tracks uh, it records animal temperature, so body temperature, of the ear as a reference, and ambient temperature, so the conditions close to the animal, and then it analyzes the behavior of the animal through a bank of uh, sensors at the rate of about 25 times a, a second. And then it records those, those component behaviors on the tracker. So whatever's been happening in that minute um, on a minute frequency. So whatever has been happening uh, for the majority of that minute gets recorded as the state or the behavior in that minute. And then that information stored in memory and uploaded every half an hour through a Bluetooth gateway or directly to the, the tablet. And there are, there are really three parts to the Sentry system. The first part is the tracker, which is sort of allows the animal to speak, right? So um, tells the, the system how the animal's doing. And then there's the, the mobile app, which lives on the tablet for the worker. Uh, and they interact with the animals, record their interactions with the animals, completion of tasks, treatments, etc. And then the third part is what we call the control center, and that's where the veterinarians and the managers and the supervisors tag in. They can change SOPs and uh, you know change the dials as they need, and it's a, it's a complete feedback loop that way. So um, so that's. The broad overview of the system
1: yeah i know you showed us the tracker but how big exactly is it um how much does it weigh and how does that compare to other types of hog tags on the market
2: yeah so it's we designed it to be slipstreamed into the same it goes in the exact same way as a a regular inventory tag would right we have an adapter i wish i had the applicator with me but we just have an adapter head that goes on a standard tagger this slots right in to that adapter and applies exactly like you would apply a normal tag at the base of the ear between those two tendons so it's a little a little heavier it does have a battery so it's a little bit heavier mainly due to the weight of that battery but you know our targets of like 14 or 15 grams we're in another iteration uh that uses a a larger reusable battery because these are these are what you would call like a disposable product they're sealed hermetically sealed so that one's going to be a little bit bigger but they're still you know if we're looking at um biocompatible they're very biocompatible they've been tested you know in the field now for uh over 18 months in this iteration and our retention rate, even in finishing is a hundred percent, which I think is better than uh, inventory tags. So we have not lost, we have not lost one in our, even in our finishing trial. Um, and you know, their finishers are not there, you know, the, it was a small, a shorter trial, but it, they have a very good retention rate. So they're not too heavy. Uh, they don't seem to bother the pigs and uh Yeah, they they go in just like the normal inventory tag.
0: That's pretty cool, Amos. And you mentioned about all these sentry trackers, but how many of that can be used for collecting data and retrieving this data on your tablet, for example?
2: Yeah, good question. So the tablet has a native ability to link with, I think, six trackers at once. However, um, that's in... I would call it the backup mode, right? So generally, where there's connectivity, we'll have a Bluetooth gateway that interfaces with the internet on the back end. So it's Bluetooth on the, on the tracker side and Wi-Fi on the internet side. Uh, we can also do a cell back end. So where there's a cell connection but no Wi-Fi access, we can substitute that. So the trackers generally post their data to the cloud and then that's synchronized with the tablets. Although in certain limited applications, we've done this with projects, you don't need internet access. You just, you can use a tablet and you can actually download the data directly to the tablet. So you don't have to go through that, uh,
1: through the cloud. So can the tablet be used without the trackers? Yes, we,
2: and it, it is possible. It's a, a complete system without the tracker. So the tablet, the mobile app is uh, task management. You know, uh, you input data. Uh, the control center pushes tasks to the workers that way, right? And gets feedback from the workers that way. So there is there is the ability to use the the software, the tablet, the control center app and software without the trackers, the trackers are what automate the system really. So, I mean, you can input, you can make observations as an employee, as a herdsman and put those into the, into the tablet. And you would, you know, I mean, there are things in the barn that the trackers won't be able to automate. Like if there's a fence that needs repair, you know, gate that needs repair something like that. But, um, it's really meant to it's meant to complement the, the tracker system. So it's built with that in mind, you know, to complete that picture. But, you know, for instance, we can use the system, uh, we have a module for finishing pigs. Our our main focus is sows and piglets, primarily, but we also have a module for finishing pigs. And, you know, we don't need to put a tracker in every finishing pig. That wouldn't be economically economically feasible, right? And there's a lot more, if you go to maybe a 5% uh, sampling rate, so one in 20 finishing pigs have a tracker, the economics come back around, but then, you know, now you're relying a lot more on the herdsmen kind of making their observations as well, right? So um, it's meant, meant to have a little bit of uh, information
0: margin in there, if you will. That's amazing, Amos. So you were mentioned that 5% of the pigs would you pick like randomly these pigs and
2: that's a good question i wish <laughs> so my degree is not in animal science or and i have studied statistics but we have you know we work with good animal science people and that's what they tell us between five and ten percent a good um to get good power you know in a in a study ten percent a good sampling rate for the kinds of behavior that that we want to notice in finishers now with sows, it's going to be one to one, right? So every sow is going to have a, a tracker, just because they're they're that unit of production that needs to be looked after and cared for um, upstream as as much and as closely as possible to provide benefits all the way through the the system afterwards.
1: So with um, the Sentry system, is there training available for like prospective customers or new customers?
2: Yes, absolutely. In fact, um are the training, so we have uh, integration teams that you know, there's some every boy. You wouldn't think that it's this way, but in the pork space, you know, every integrator does things a little bit differently. You know, you can't really it's not a one size fits all. You can't just drop a packet on someone's desk and say here's how you use it. So everything from the layout of the buildings, to their own SOPs, I mean, uh, you know, it has to be integrated. We have to, we have to integrate with their system, right? We don't ask them to come to us. We, we need to figure out a plan in every case uh, for successfully integrating with their system. So that's what we do. And uh, we pick a single site to begin with. We train the farm staff and train the you know, sometimes there's a, a technology staff or purchasing and integration department on their end, and we would uh, work with them and train them, and then give them the tools. Monitor that for the first week, and and really, it's instead of uh, bringing the entire site online all at once, which co- would cause some serious disruption, we really tag into a specific phase of production. And then we just roll it out monthly. So it would take about six months to get to, to get it up to speed smoothly. We don't want to be disruptive in the, in the space at all, right So so yeah. that's we'd be monitoring that for the full six months, make sure that first site comes online and that they have everything they need to then implement that across the system.
0: Yeah no, that makes a lot of sense because we have to train them right to make sure everything runs smoothly. mm-hmm and you mentioned that you've been working with different customers and i imagine that maybe they work with different breeding of hogs
1: mhm yes
0: is this app built for any specific breeding or how does that work because i imagine that some breedings would respond differently than the others
2: that's a very good question so yes we have we've trained the we've trained our algorithm or we're training our algorithms on the genetics that we have available for our testing. Right. But as we, as we roll the product out, you know, that's, that's something that we'll see in the data, you know, the differences between different genetic lines. And I think it's, it's just one of the things that we will discover and, and perfect with large volumes of data. Right. And it isn't just genetics, you know, we're talking about differences across geographies and climates and, um, I mean, there are so many different things to account for. And what the the beauty of the system is that it turns every barn into a laboratory, right? Because you've closed that feedback loop and you're recording enough, you're recording uh, passively things that you wouldn't be able to do without a research team, without a very well-funded research team. You know, all the different, all the differences, even between barns in a system or sites in a system. Uh, will be correlated to different outcomes, right? And genetics is one of those. And, uh, you know, we we will get a, a bigger picture of that as we get more information.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So is there like a monthly cost for the trackers or is it uh, you pay once when it's installed? How does that kind of work?
2: It's a service model. So hardware is a service Uh, We, we don't want to sell widgets to people that would, you know, that can break and that we have to RMA and, you know, cause frustration. So it's, it's just a per animal under management service. And there's a turn up fee of $18 per animal under management. And then after that, it's uh, the basic algorithm, which uh, includes all behavior. It's all the software, uh, the tablet that that you would need on the the worker side, the control system, the control center software and the basic behavior detection, health detection algorithms, plus a special algorithm like lameness, estrus, or illness uh, for $18 a year. So $1.50 per uh, sow, or in that case, a sow per month.
1: Yeah. That seems very affordable for (laughs) for that.
2: Yeah. It it took a lot of thinking to you know because you're you're right um you know really, it was the anchoring into this core value proposition of lameness I think that was a breakthrough for us uh is is getting so bad and and sal uh retentions just it's been such a it's been it's a, a challenge I wouldn't say bad it's just been more and more challenging every year right and so uh there were some recent studies in commercial uh with commercial integrators that showed that the value of early lameness detections, is $50 per cell per year. So we just took that core value proposition, and we split it two-thirds to the farmer, one third to us. And you know, that's where we anchored everything. We think that even just that basic cell lameness value prop is enough to, you know, make make it uh, make it worth the effort, the cost.
0: That's pretty cool. And you mentioned previously about that. Maybe each customer has kind of his own loop research, right? Mm -hmm. We were wondering if have these sentry trackers been used for a research tool? Like for any production welfare, is there any team working on that constantly?
2: Yes. And unfortunately, well, I mean, do the nature, I guess the sensitive nature of the research, we can't really talk about a lot of that. Okay. Um, but they're very big, you know, like you would suspect, animal health and nutrition companies that want to see how their products are affecting uh, the, their customers' animals. And we've seen, uh, we've seen some success there. And those are more project-based, but it's a really, there's a, a, a much higher value for organizations, like you said, that do research and want to get that information from the animal.
1: Yeah. Right. Hopefully in the future we'll be able to see those results and see all the yeah. impacts.
2: Yes. No, I I love I love to be able to share them. It's it's crazy the things that you learn adjacent to the things that you were looking for have all uh, 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 that we have learned adjacent to the things that our customers are looking for have in turn informed the way that we uh go about I mean for instance I think I can disclose just a thing that we learned that was outside the scope of investigation, Uh, preliminary data suggests that the difference among the same genetic family in uh, rate of gain is about 0.1 pounds per day per additional hour of rest. So the, the variance is usually between about 18 to 20 and a half hours per day of rest for every additional hour of rest of that 18 hour a day a rester gets they gain an additional 0.1 pounds on the finishing side it's pretty incredible
1: that's yeah. impressive um what do you see the benefits of storing data online versus on paper
2: oh my goodness <laughs> um i mean i guess you could just talk about all the problems that paper causes right so you know, it's uh, everything from a biosecurity issue because it gets dirty in the room, you know? I mean, it's, and then it travels from place to place and people touch it and to uh, just lost records, uh, difficulties of audits, uh, everything from, I mean, even, even if you're able to take the, the data that you recorded on paper and faithfully reconstruct it, Again, if, you know, because it's just handwriting of somebody who's in a big hurry, you know, they, like uh, optical character recognition almost doesn't work in a lot of cases because it's just difficult to read. You're still, it's still in a silo, right? And it's not actively, and maybe it, maybe it gets put in weeks after that data could have been useful, right? So uh, what the, what digitizing that and making it current to to where we are does is, you know, you can see an animal you can actually see an animal getting sick a day before it's clinical, when it's subclinical. I mean, that's at least what we've seen with the system. Probably as we get more data, we'll we'll be able to bring that even um, make that even further noticeable further in advance, or lameness data. You know uh we can detect an animal going lame at least we've been able to see lameness developing up to a month before it's clinical right so and you know animals are uh pigs are prey animals and so when people are around you know they they um they don't want to show weakness it's it's very difficult for herdsmen to notice these things so it isn't just the isn't just the digitization, and that's a big part of it, but it's the currency of that information that really makes the system valuable. It's being able to proactively, uh, preventatively care for the animals so they don't get sick and they don't get injured in the first place. Because you know, it's that ounce of prevention worth a pound of cure um, in every interaction that, that a caretaker has with the animal. You know, it's just a more efficient way to do business.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. We work with research here and see <laughs> how we can make some preventive decisions, right? If you have stuff like faster and all the data on hand, mm-hmm. yeah, you can do a lot of decision making. And talking about that, uh, you mentioned all about this data that we have that the tracker collect, but th- does the company offer any decision making for the? customers or is this data on their hands and they take the decisions by themselves?
2: We want to get to the point where we make, I wouldn't say decision, make decisions. You don't want to make decisions necessarily for the customers, right? Uh, the veterinarians are the ones that made the decisions for the customers. What we want to do is give the veterinarians and the management the capability to make the best decisions that they can for their system. Now it doesn't mean that we can't offer suggestions or default settings, right? So you know we can perform simple re- analyses of the data like a regression analysis. we can window it to see if um well we can classify behavior as abnormal, you know, given a certain amount of data on a specific animal, right uh, and then we can all and then we also give the veterinarians and managers the tools they need to set the alerts. Where it makes sense for their system. So, just like we don't want to wait too long to treat an animal, we also don't want to spend valuable labor resources chasing uh, false flags. So, you know, we want to make that that, uh, customizable. But, you know, in terms of um, sort of giving a, a look into this, the state of the animal, we are we're doing things like detecting estrus right so we can we can uh indicate that the animal is showing signs that they're ready to be bred right um we can uh we can detect illness now illness comes in all different forms and it could just be considered an abnormal expression of behavior right but there are certain kinds of things that happen when an animal is ill or changes in feeding water intake and, and that kind of behavior lying versus standing so we can give good indicators um now could we say that an animal definitively has purrs or something you know i i don't i don't think so but we can we can show that they're showing signs of
1: indicative of that
2: um and then let the the veterinarian decide what course of action to take
1: yeah that's really helpful Um, what do you see the main benefits are for the customers?
2: Well, I mean, the value, pro- gosh, you know, this was, there are a lot of benefits and what we want to do is tag into the very core, easy to understand the strongest value propositions first, right? So obviously lameness reduction in the, in the stat in sows right off the bat, right? Managing the sow herd guilt development, Um, Estrus detection, early illness prevention, perhaps even to the point of, you know, preventing a a large-scale outbreak on farm, which can cost a lot of money to the producer, and just stress and and be very disruptive. So those are our three primary value drivers. But we think that as much value will be gained by providing a, a way... I mean, this is going to sound maybe a little, I don't know, esoteric, but providing a way for employees and managers to see the impact they're having on their animals, right? Um, I mean, I'm putting myself in the shoes of a farm worker. Uh, You know, it's it's a difficult job. And sometimes it's difficult emotionally, you know? And a lot of times, you know, you, you see... You see some. You see things that are happening that are challenging, uh, but what you don't often see are the impacts that you're having on the animals in a positive way, right? So you can actually, you could use this system to see your positive impact on them. You can, account, you can uh, you could account for your impact on the animals that you're raising, right? And in fact, uh, managers would then, could then, promote, assign duties to those employees that they have that are having the the most positive impact. And, you know, I I think in this, it's a challenging labor environment for everyone, but especially in animal agriculture and, you know, giving the employees the tools they need to feel rewarded uh, in the jobs that they have is an important part of uh, improving the industry. And then, you know, there's also consumer confidence benefits. So, um you know if as we as our industry moves to be i would say uh more avail- more accessible right that will improve consumer confidence in our products and uh you know tracking and traceability are, are a big part of that too and that's enabled by the, the types of things that we do in the ecosystem that we inhabit
0: yeah I agree with you, it's not an easy job, but if we have these tools that can help us to reduce the risk, right? Why not give a try? Yeah. And do you have any customers' stories that you would like to share with us today?
1: Yeah. So, um, well, let's see. Uh, I think,
2: yeah, I think, I think really the, one of the most interesting things that we discovered not just in a, uh, like a pure research, you know, looking for these things sort of context is this, uh, is this correlation between, uh, you know, restfulness and, and, and gaining weight. Right. And then that opened this Pandora's box of, you know, why are these animals actually resting? Um, you know, there are issues that, could be related to like gastric ulcers, for instance, that you know keep an animal lying on one part one side rather than the other you know so just from and really, in this barn, we were just training finishing pig algorithms right that's all we set out to do to monitor those base behaviors uh, but then because we were able to get you know weight data by the end of the study, we had this this uh treasure trove of new things to look at right and uh it and it helped the grower who in this case was growing high value animals uh to better understand their own genetics right so that that in turn opens the door for say genetics companies to look at how to how to breed animals that aren't um you know that that have a more of a tendency to rest or might uh be less prone to gastric ulcers or something like that so it's really this feedback loop that we're participating in in the entire animal uh, pork ecosystem that uh that's it's just really you know I'm, I'm grateful that we're able to participate it's really exciting to to be part of it
1: that's really cool um what are some of the biggest challenges that fair Pro has faced with the sentry trackers and the tablet
2: well, I would say the biggest challenge is supply chain, uh, strangely enough, right? I don't know how you guys are, I mean, everyone, everyone, you go to the store and you, know, you see signs for, you know, sorry, we, for stocking issues, you know, we're having supply chain problems all over the place, but I don't think it's anywhere it's as bad, well, I mean, you know, there are things like formula shortages, I don't want to complain too much, right, but I mean, In manufacturing, you just cannot trust supply chains that come from overseas. It's just very difficult, right? So, uh, you know, our our partners have been uh, overseas partners in the development of the tracker, and we've had to kind of pull that in a little bit and actually uh, look at how we can make stuff here in the US. And uh, it's, it's it's a process but um you know we're almost through that process it's just it really it's just been supply chain uh issues
1: primarily
0: yep and what are you most looking for in the future for the Fire Pro wow
2: um you know as a founder and uh chief enthusiast i think <laughs> I mean, I you know, I see I see a lot of crazy stuff, you know, um, I see I see us participating and not just in the pork industry, but across other animal ag verticals. You know, I see one, you know, one day when you look at a package of meat, you know, you'll be able to turn it over and you'll see, the you know, the ingredients, right, which is just the supplies that went into this product and uh you know i see uh i see people uh all across the industry benefiting from differentiation of a currently commoditized product you know um and that's really the end goal right i mean of course along the way you know i mean but i wouldn't say the end goal but ultimately that's where we're headed you know animals are, are commoditized it's just the way it is and it's difficult to differentiate the product, but when you can, uh, you know, you'll get a higher return all across the supply chain. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm excited to see more than anything. I'm excited to see how information about individual animals, how we can, you know, how that will be used to change the industry. Right. How treating the individual animal and uh listening to the individual animal will i suppose transform the way we care for the herd,
1: yeah, does fairpro have any plans for expanding into other livestock species in the future?
2: Yes, uh we've done some work with poultry uh cattle, you know beef cattle is uh, there's a lot in the in the dairy space, I'll say already, and so that's why. You know, I think, I think dairy is being served pretty well, uh, but there are definitely uh, underserved animal ag verticals like, uh, like poultry where, you know, the, econ- still economics are an issue, right? You've got to make something that poultry farmers can afford and the birds are only there for just a few weeks. Uh, you know, layers are a different story, but, um, you know, beef cattle is on our radar And we hope to start that differentiation sometime, you know, maybe 18 months to two years from now, really branch out. Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, That's amazing. It's amazing to see how we will be able to track more animals other than only hogs and helping us and the producers to make decisions. Mm -hmm. And Amos, coming to the end of our interview here, if our listeners wanted to learn more about the FAR Pro, where can they find more information?
2: Oh, you can go to www.fairpro.com. It's F-A-R-R-P-R-O.com. And, uh, you know, look us up or you can just, you can email uh, me at amos at fairpro.com. I'd be happy to uh, take questions from anyone who's interested.
1: And then since we're at the end of our episode, is there anything that we didn't mention today that you would like to um, tell our listeners?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I just... As complicated you know as complicated as technology like this might seem, it's not really that complicated. It might be complex how it works, but um, you know not not to fear the technology for how it works, but you know adopt it for what it can do for you and for your farm, right. You know like we 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 uh watch television we're communicating over zoom you know i'm completely comfortable turning on my television i don't need to know how it, how it receives the broadcast right in order to be comfortable with that and i think i think we're getting there um and we will, will be there soon yeah
0: with, with that, uh, yeah but thanks for the advice Amos. it was great to talk with you yeah you too thanks guys Thank you very much to Amos Peterson for taking the time to join this episode of the Farm Beats podcast. It's really exciting how Fairpro have been developing products that help producers on tracking hogs for improve their management. One of my favorite parts of this episode and what this company is doing is how these trackers can support animal welfare as well as improve producers' profits.
1: I agree. And I also think it's cool how light, weight, and durable the trackers are. I hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to sharing another digital egg story with you next week on
0: FarmBits. Thank you for taking the time to join us today on the FarmBits podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever you listen to the podcast to be informed about the latest content each week.
1: We welcome your feedback, so if you have comments or questions for us, please reach out to us over email, on Twitter, or in the review sections of your favorite podcast platforms. Our contact information can be found in the show notes.
0: We would like to thank Nebraska Extension for their support of this podcast and their commitment to provide high-quality informational material to members of the agriculture community in Nebraska and beyond.
1: The opinions expressed by the hosts and guests on this podcast are solely their own and do not reflect the views of Nebraska Extension or the University of Nebraska-Lincoln.
0: We look forward to you joining us next week for another episode of The Farm Beats.